with me and turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18. And I do want to encourage you, those of you that would like special prayer, uh, Brother Davenport called one of our elders this week and asked for that kind of prayer. And uh, our elders will be here on this side and will anoint you with oil and pray the prayer of faith. And the Bible said, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And if they've committed any sins, they'll be forgiven of those. So we want to follow that practice. Matthew 8, beginning with verse 21. If you're there, say amen. If you're looking, say amen. Okay. Go to Psalms and turn right. You'll get there. Then came Peter to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto you seven times, but until seventy times seven. Jesus wasn't preaching a doctrine of 490 forgivenesses. He was taking the number of completion times the number of completion times ten. It means that you would forever be a forgiver of people. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take an account of his servants. And when he begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. Just mark that in your Bible. And as much as this man had no way to pay back, pay back his Lord, his Lord commanded him to be sold, to sell his wife and children and all that he had so that payment would be made. And the servant fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant, say this with me, the same servant, went out, found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe me. And the fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him. He ought to be having a deja vu moment right here, shouldn't he? He said, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. And he would not, but he cast this man into prison till he should pay the debt. And when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry or grieved in their spirit and came and told the Lord what was done. And then the Lord, after he called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant. It's one thing when the world calls you wicked. It's another thing when the church calls you wicked, but when the Lord calls you wicked. You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you desired me. Shouldn't you have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And the Lord was wroth, which means untamable anger, deeply stirred. And he delivered him to the tormentors. What that really means in the Greek is the torturers. Till he should pay all that was due unto him. And a verse you don't ever hear preached about. Verse 35. And so likewise shall my heavenly father do to you. If you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother's trespasses. Ephesians 4 says and be kind to one another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Matthew 6, we know the Lord's prayer, uh, but we don't always take it in context. It ends with this. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever and ever. Amen. 
and the next verse. For if you forgive men your trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not from your heart forgive everyone their trespasses, your Father will not forgive you. So if the Lord does not forgive you, that leaves you unforgiven. There are people in this room that name the name of Jesus. And they have been recipients of great grace. Their sins have been washed away. But you are under the wrath of God because you will not forgive. You will not forgive. If the people were worthy of forgiveness, it wouldn't be grace. I fear for you because I can't figure out in my theology, and I don't know how you can in yours, how unforgiven people make heaven. Forgiveness does not qualify you for heaven. It's the evident that that which you need to make it in heaven resides in your heart. Grace. I want to speak to you this morning about the wicked servant. And if you are the one, like when Nathan told David, you're the one. If you will repent and confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If not, the wrath of God abideth on you. It's going to be a hard message this morning. But I believe the word's going to be sent and rescue people. Because God loves you. Father, I just pray for myself this morning. Uh, an unprofitable servant at best. And I make myself available to you this morning to be your spokesperson. Don't let me say or infer or use inflection that did not come from you, but to preach your word with simplicity and that today it would be a mirror. We have been encouraged by the worship this morning. We've been encouraged by the testimonies that you're the Lord, but now I see you seated at a throne and you're the Lord. I can't play with you. I'm not going to be able to rationalize with you. You command us to forgive. And I pray you give me the ability to preach it in such a way that our hearts would be convicted so that our mouths would be open and that we would repent and find grace for our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. To the faithful when they go home, he says, you good and faithful servant. In this passage, we see the Lord saying, you wicked servant. When Jesus tells stories and allegories, and he said, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto, it's not that every detail is a perfect match, but it communicates the truth perfectly. This person was a person that received grace. And forgiveness. The world, even though Christ has died for their sins, have not appropriated that grace and forgiveness because they have not believed in the name of the Son of God. But this is a type of those whose grace was so complete that their balance was paid in full by the decree of one that had the authority to do so. And they later find themselves 
being called wicked by the one that granted that pardon. Oh, this wicked servant was guilty. It said one was brought unto him which owed the Lord 10,000 talents. He was guilty of willful, knowledgeable sin. To accrue that much debt, like you got a picture, we're in debt to the Lord because of our sins, our transgressions are, are weighty and many. He had raised the debt level of his sins up to 10,000 talents. Repetitive sin. You have to keep doing it over and over and over for that balance to get so high. Exponential sin. Now let me give you context. One talent at this day and time in the Word of God, in, in history, one talent would take the average worker 16 years to earn. So this man would have to work 160,000 years to pay his Lord back. That was your debt to God. That was my debt to God. If I live 100 years and I've got to live 160,000, and if I gave you every nickel, which means I can't make it right with you. My sins and your sins reach to the heavens. And what makes us worshipers, what makes us grateful to the Lord is not that we, uh, by merit, merit or effort, obtain salvation. There's nothing you can do to save yourself. There's no priest. There's no bishop. There's no uh, rosaries that you can pray with. There's, there, there's no uh, candles you can light. You can come to any assembly of God church you want and shake a preacher's hand. It might, you might as well shake a donkey's tail. It doesn't help you. There's nothing you can do. Grace is the gift of the Lord. And this man received it. Just a blanket pardon. Because the Lord had the power to do that. He was guilty of exponential sin. His sin was obvious, undeniable, and unmistakable. A lifetime of sin. He was us. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And our sin has separated us from God. But his sin was against the Lord. That's what I want you to see in this. It wasn't just sin with the fellow man. We who were created in His image, when we lived, I, I, the outflow of our life was the evidence of our fallen nature. And I love when David repented. He said, against you only have I sinned, O God. It's not sins against the church, although the church can be affected. It's not sins against your brother, although they can pay a heavy price for your sins. When we sin, we sin unto the Lord. The debt was owed to the Lord, not someone else. This wicked servant was guilty, and we are guilty. Number two, this wicked servant was brought into account, and he was judged. In verse 24, it said, When the Lord begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. And for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife and his children, and all that he had for payment to be made. As we all... We will answer for the deeds done in our body. There will be an account. Every one of us shall give an account of ourselves unto God. And the only hope we have when we stand in front of the one that we owe 160,000 years of labor to undo the 70 years we've had on this earth, the only hope we have is that if he pardons us. Don't bring anything to the table. 
and I'll get to this in a moment about his prayer, how it wasn't as sincere as you might think. Because if he knew the depth of his sin, he wouldn't have said, I can pay you all. He would have said, there's no way I can do anything. If you don't save me, I'm damned. Church can't help me. Pastor John can't help me. No priest can help me. My grandmother can't help me. There's no gift I can give. There's nobody alive or dead that can help me. Unless you pardon me, oh God. Unless you pardon me, Lord. And you're going to stand before the Lord for either the sins done uh, if they're not pardoned, if there's unbelief and Christ has not been applied to your life, then you're damned for those sins. But the Christians are going to give an account for the deeds done in their body. And there's a wickedness in the church that hides behind choruses and songs and, and, and efforts. And if you have unforgiveness in your heart towards someone else, listen, you can justify it a hundred different ways. By the size of the crime, the length of the crime, when the crime was committed, what was done and what was undone. But mercy has little to do with them and has everything to do with you. Picture, if you will, God in heaven ready to judge the world. And Jesus dies on a cross and there's this umbrella. And those that would want to escape the reigning fire and brimstone can come under the umbrella of grace which means unmerited favor they're just recipients of a decree see grace is giving you something you don't deserve and mercy is keeping something from you than you do deserve and grace and mercy kissed each other in Jesus Christ and I come under this umbrella and he keeps from me the wrath that I deserve and he gives me the sonship that I don't deserve to go and grab somebody else by the throat. I have to come out from under that umbrella and say, I am not a person of grace. I am a person of the law. And this one, I'll be damned if I let them go because they deserve to be judged. Now watch. And you're right. The problem is you're not under the umbrella anymore. The issue is not, are you right? The issue is, are you righteous? And see, I can't, I can't hold you and be held. I've got to be a person of grace. It's the evidence that eternal life beats in my chest because I can only give you what I have. All right, Scott, I'm going to use you real quick. Come here, preacher. Just come stand right here for me. You love me? Yes, sir. You give me anything you have? Everything. Okay. Yes, I want six $2 bills. How long I got? <laughs> no, right now. No, no, Scott. If you love me, give me six $2 bills. I don't have it. So you won't give it to me. So I turn on my heels. Go sit down. You have no help, Scott. You have no help. <laughs> now watch. So it doesn't matter who he is, how much he loves me, what he would give from, for me or to me. You cannot give what you do not have. And I listened to your pastor this morning. 
Your life's in the balance on this. You can say, I'm trying to scare you. No, I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. There's only one of two options. Either you don't have any grace. So that means you're graceless. Or you have it and refuse to give it, which means you're unforgiven. Each gives what they have. Now, if I were to say, Scott, can, can you come over to my house and do this for me? He said, nothing I wouldn't do. Nothing I wouldn't do. And if it's easy, if I said, hey, you know, Scott's gone to the bank and he's got a bunch of ones. And I said, you got some ones? Oh, yeah, man, I've got it. You know why it's so hard to forgive? Because we're not grace-filled. There was a story years ago, and I may get off my notes, but I'll... I know what I'm supposed to share this morning. So, Notes are kind of like a safety net in case you forget who you are and where you're going. They just tell you. Um, before the Berlin Wall came down, and this generation doesn't understand all that means, but West and East Germany was divided. And this is an oversimplification, but one was free and one was not. And the government-controlled side... The, the bound, uh, the, the tight grip of control, they would go and dump refuse on the other side. They would take cranes and, and, and excavators and they would dump human refuse and medical waste and uh, uh, chemicals and all that kind of stuff. They would just dump it on the free side. And one time, as the story goes, one of the military personnel saw it happening and he said, what should we do? Should we scoop it back up and throw it on the other side? He said, no, get a pallet and fill it full of antibiotics and medicine and vitamins for the children and fill it full of all the things that they would need. And they wrapped it in cellophane and the officer hand wrote a note and he said, each gives what they have. And they raised it up over the crane and put it over the wall and set it down. So you're going to tell me about how long you've known Jesus. You teach, you preach, you sing, you have family altar. You give in offerings, you support missionaries, you have quiet time every day. And going to be wicked at the same time. Do you know how powerful unforgiveness is? It was the last temptation of Jesus Christ. Because Satan couldn't get Jesus to veer left or right. And if he could get him to not be merciful, the lamb would have been blighted and stained. And as life was about to leave his body, he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And Satan's last effort. To, see, he couldn't get him in an adulterer's bed. He couldn't get him in the sins of the age. He couldn't get him in materialism. He couldn't get him, him wanting to be king. And lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. He said, I'll get him with unforgiveness. I'll have them whip the flesh off his body. Where it fell like ribbons down his back. Still connected to his shoulders. And down the back of his legs. And they beat him. 
to the point the Bible said his visage was so marred that you could not recognize him. So it's like someone that's disfigured in a car wreck so grotesquely that the parents or the wife or the husband could not recognize who they were. And they plucked his beard and they pulled it out by their hands and they would smite him. Prophesy now. Who hit you, son of God? Prophesy now. And Jesus, our high priest, was tempted in every point like we were. Yet he's without sin. And with both eyes closed and teeth moved and a beard freshly pulled. And his back torn to where you could see the sinews in his body. He uttered the words. Let him go. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. I'm not forgiving them because of who they are. I'm forgiving them because who I am. How? Grace. Grace. God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse from sin. Grace, grace, God's grace. God's grace. I had a day vision years ago. I can count on one hand how many times I've had that. Someone goes, what's that? And that's like it's weird. Listen, supernatural things are, I mean, divine things are supernatural, but they're not mystical. They're not weird. It's like you dream at night, but you're awake. It's like a little movie. It was just very quick. Uh, some of y'all do that. You're just standing around friends. You don't even know it. You go. <laughs> and then you come back too. That could be a day vision. It could be you just getting old. One of the two. But the Lord granted me a day vision. And uh, don't judge me. You don't get to script your day visions. You know what I'm saying? I ain't having a couple in my life. But I, do y'all remember like Mayberry uh, uh, in the banks, how they had those little oval little things there in the bars that went down, you know, steel bars, like you couldn't reach through and grab what you wanted to grab. I don't know. But that's what it was. And I walked into the bank of heaven. The day vision started. And there's this glorious bank and this huge angelic creature, blindingly bright glory. I just knew it was an angel. That's all I'm telling. I just knew. And he's behind the teller's window. And I walked up and he goes, well, hey, John, how are you? I was like, I'm good. He goes, can I help you today? I said, I'm here to make a deposit. And he said, what are you depositing? I said, mercy. He leaned into those bars and he goes, oh, John. That's the highest yield of interest in the kingdom. And it popped. As the Lord pieces our life together, I've learned that he allows, he allows because he didn't prevent it. He allows people to be their worst. Not to hurt, but to break. See, we in the church like to polish the vessel. And God wants to crack the vessel so the spikenard of grace can come out of all the broken pieces. This man was forgiven, but he wouldn't forgive. This man was surprisingly a recipient of great mercy. It said he fell down and worshiped, saying, Lord, have patience with me. I'll pay you all. I'll pay you all. And the Lord was moved with compassion, loosed him, and forgave the debt. Even though his repentance was self-centered. So what do you mean, John? What, why would you say it was self-centered? Because there was no mention of what he had done. 
Have you ever known anybody that repented only at the repercussions? Ain't no repentance until I'm selling you, I'm selling your wife and your children, and you're going to be in prison until you pay off $160,000, 160,000 years of wages. Oh, I'm sorry. Now listen, don't think that it was how you prayed that got you grace. It's who he was that got you grace. You ever heard of jailhouse religion? Oh, they got thrown in jail. No wonder they prayed. Is there any other kind? Is there any other kind? None of us seeketh after God. It's when life is destroyed or, or everything comes falling apart or we feel the hand of God judging us that we call out for mercy. Even though his repentance was ignorant and proud. Well, Pastor John, I just, I've never seen this in this passage. I'm going to ask you, how proud do you have to be to look at the Lord that can sentence you to death and saying, give me time, I'll pay you it all. How are you going to pay back 160,000 years of wages? Just give me some time. Some of us are going to spend our life in the church only to be lost because instead of letting Jesus pay off our debt, we sit there proud and snug saying, give me time. I'll work it out. I'm working this out with the Lord. I'm, I, there's nothing you can do. You are dead in your trespasses and sin. And how ignorant and arrogant to think you can pay God back. Even though his repentance only came when there was no other options. Don't forget, you were forgiven not by how you prayed, but who you prayed to. And he experienced this mercy personally, unworthily, freely, in its fullness, completely. He was humbled by it. He was freed by it. He was known by it, restored by it. And he was supposed to be a steward of it. Number four, the wicked servant was guilty before he received mercy, but he was wicked after. Write that down if you're taking notes. He was guilty before he received mercy, but he was called wicked afterwards. I don't think he'd ever fully processed what had been given to him and kept from him. He never let this grace be anything more to him than a covering for his sins and crimes. He would never deny that he received grace only that he did not have any to give. It was crystal clear that this was a man of the law, not of grace. And it says the same servant went out and found somebody else which owed him 90 days wages. Now, this is hard for an arrogant man to hear. But from a, a convicted man who sees himself clearly, it's easy to hear. When I compare what you did and what you didn't do. To my rebellious heart and sin against God, yours pales in comparison. If it was misuse, abuse, neglect, betrayal, violence, as horrible as that is, I sinned against my Creator willingly, openly, rebelliously, arrogantly, foolishly, repetitively. I lied. I came back. I lied again. All of those things... There ought to be something in you that says, I'm scared if I grab that man's throat because you might just zap me from heaven with something and spontaneously combust me. When you're aware of how sinful you are, they don't look as sinful. And that's our problem. We see the sins of men clearer than we see our own. 
His actions and words were public knowledge and known fully by the Lord that pardoned him. Listen to this. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told the Lord all that was done. So that's just a type of, the Lord knows. He ain't got to have nobody tell him. He knows. The unmerciful man is easy to recognize. Other people see it. Even if they don't tell him, there's no record that they told the guy that we went and told the Lord what you did. Other people see it. They say, they'll think, how hypocritical to be forgiven all that you've been forgiven of and you're going to hold somebody else by the throat. The most dangerous ground you will ever stand on as a Christian is holding somebody else by the throat. Hey, I know this is heavy. I know it's hard, but I'm giving you the unadulterated truth this morning. If you have unforgiveness in your heart this morning and you've been a recipient of grace, you're wicked. You're wicked. And there remaineth no more a covering for your sins. Let me tell you how easy these guys are to spot. I've I've only saw this on TV. I've never had it happen to me. So uh, y'all know these, when somebody robs a bank or robs a... uh, 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 brakes truck and they have those tie packet the die packets in there and I don't know how they if they detonate them with them they can, I don't know how it is but they get to where they're going to, to Bubba's house and Grandma's house and they open it up and boom and that die goes everywhere can you imagine standing in front of a judge you're covered in green dye it's in your nose it's in your eye it don't come off with bleach battery acid hydrochloric acid Brillo Still, it don't come off. It wears off. Like it's a year later. And you go, remember that time that green thing blew up on you? It's just all, you're just discolored. So can you imagine standing in front of the judge? Yes, Your Honor. How you plead, catfish? Not guilty or guilty with explanation. It's not what you think. I didn't really, and he's just covered in green. And do you know what? We come in this house and we lift our songs with a tear rolling down our face and we're covered in green. Because grace that's not given explodes on you. It shows. It's like manna. Manna was only available for the day, but that grace is not to be uh, preserved. God does the preserving. It's to be given. How can I tell how forgiven I am by how quickly and thoroughly and joyfully I can forgive someone else? So finally, this wicked servant was rejudged. This, this, is, this will wreck your theology here. His verdict was reversed and his mercy was revoked. He was judged in anger. The Lord was angry at him. He was judged publicly. He was judged because of the contradiction his life had become. He thought that he could receive and keep a grace that he was unwilling to give. He was judged swiftly to live by the he wanted to live by the law, so now he's going to die by it. He was judged in the severest of ways. I want you to look in your Bible. Guys, if you'll put verse 34 on the screen for me. 
I want you to see this as the word of God. This isn't my opinion. It says, and he was delivered to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due. So the 160,000 years of labor. And then Jesus said, so likewise will my heavenly father do to you. What will the heavenly father do to you? Release you to the torturers. Demonic forces that do his bidding. All through the Old Testament, you'll see it. Lying spirits saying, I'll help you do your will. Evil spirits. The Lord, the Lord controls the good and the... He, he monitor, he, he's the final authority. And he, here's what he would say. You see, John Wood? Ain't one thing in his life that he's got that he deserved. I have pardoned and forgave him. And he's going to hate this person. Go to his house and torture that man. Now, you, you can get mad with me and that bust your bubble of who God is, but I'm, I'm responsible to preach to you the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel. He said, so will my father do to you. The torturers will find you out in your mind. Your sin will find you out in your mind, in your body, in your emotions, in your finances, in your health, in your children. He remembers your iniquity to your children's children. He could curse my babies. Because of my ignorance and my arrogance, there should be a humility about the believer that he understands what grace is. And listen, if forgiveness was easy, more people would forgive. But this isn't a matter of character. I want you to, if you don't hear anything else I say today, we all have stories. Do you hear me? Cruel people. Disgusting people. Merciless people. Betrayers. Violent people. Liars. I have not forgiven them because I was good. I forgave them because I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord. Had one guy tell me. One time he said, man, when you went through all that stuff, I just, I watched you, man, and I'm so proud. I said, stop it. And, you know, he's kind of taken back because he was trying to compliment me. I said, stop it. Before, before you even go, stop it. See, you're going to make this about me being a good man. I said, no, 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 no. If he brings back my old account, I'm damned. I don't have an option. I fear the Lord. I fear the Lord. He was judged in the severest of ways. And maybe there's someone in this room, you cannot figure out why it just won't work. And the Lord is making sure that you don't get settled in to a life of wickedness. There's someone very close to me. I'm not the Lord. I don't know all the in workings, but I'll tell you what I think based on what I've been told. This person was probably my, my hero. And uh, died prematurely. Had faith to pray for anybody, for anything. Saw miracles. And as he was rotting away in his body... He told someone that he loved. They were talking to him about unforgiveness. About people that had 
abused him. And they talked to him about unforgiveness. And I'm not trying to be graphic. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be so transparent that it arrests us where we live, how deep this goes. They said, you have to let it go. He said, I could piss on their grave. And he died. Are you saying that killed him? I'm just telling you that his life was cut short. And it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God, an angry God. Do you think he's saved? Yes. Jesus said, and because we don't discern the body and the blood of the Lord, and we take communion and act like everything's okay, he said, that's why some of you are sick and others died. You can't play with this. You can't, you can't find your three or four people that, well, I understand, baby. I, I hate them too. Don't, don't you side with someone else's bitterness and forgiveness. The issue is not, are they guilty? The issue is, are you gracious? That's the issue. If our musician would come, please, this morning. This message this morning has more to do with who you are than who they are. It has more to do with what you have received from God than what you have been received or denied by others. It's an issue of law or grace, love or hate, forgiveness or unforgiveness, merciful or merciless. And the choice is up to you. In the passage is tucked away a little simple question. The Lord asked this guy, didn't even let him answer. He said, shouldn't you? Shouldn't you? Have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? Shouldn't you? Did you forget what happened between me and you? Shouldn't you have done that? Wouldn't you have done that if you were thinking clearly? Couldn't you have done that based on what I did for you? Mercy is the highest yield in the bank of heaven. When I reach in and pull it out, I don't know what some of you are thinking. You're already ahead of me. Yeah, but they didn't ask me to forgive them. Was your forgiveness waiting on you before you prayed? It was not appropriated to them. But he paid for my sins while I was his enemy. The grace was there. The grace was there. And so you look inside and you go, oh, I got, I got plenty. And what do you do? You cry. You're a whirlwind of emotions. You're angry because it seems like they're getting by with stuff. But you go back and you get under your umbrella. And you let the Lord hold you and go, you, you look just like me. <laughs> you look like me. I'm trying, Lord. I'm, I'm trying. And then you'll see them on Facebook, and they look all happy and everything. You say, I, 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 that's not my, I just, Lord, me and you good. Me and you good. John, put the oil stick in. You just as full of mercy as you can be. <laughs> can I have some more? Absolutely. Blessed are the what? Merciful. Oh, John, there's a blessing there. 
I was hesitant to use this illustration. I haven't in several years because now in this day and age, people take offense and this is not thinking lightly of someone or a class of people. It's showing the beauty and glory in it. There's a, I close with this, a, a story of a, a family that had a little boy that was, uh, he had mental deficiencies and just, I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to have a, one like that boy or girl in your family. Precious, don't even begin to describe the beauty and the love and the genuineness and the kindness. But then you always have the crazy children that pick on kids because kids are cruel, you know. And they would pick on him. He just loved. He just loved. He just loved. He just loved. And in his first grade class, they were going to make Valentine's. And he got so excited about this. He goes, you know, he told me, he said, Mom, I got to make Valentine for everybody. I got to make it for everybody. But she said, well, we'll just go buy some. He said, mm-hmm. I'm going to make them. 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 And he said, well, this one's favorite color of blue. And this one's green. And he knew this one liked horses. And this one liked unicorns. And they started months and months and months before Valentine. And you mamas know where I'm going with this. She sees this train coming. He's going to spend all this time making them, and they're going to not give him nothing. And she's walking the floor. Now, Lord, i got to talk to you about these crazy children because I'm going to go in there and kill me some babies. I'm going to kill the parents too. I'm, gonna kill, I'm killing everybody. I'm, if you don't, you got to help me here. And he's just working. They kept a, a table designated. He worked and worked and worked. And so come the morning of Valentine's at school, the, parent, uh, the school bus comes up, and he's got boxes and bags and you know just full he's as happy as he gets on the bus and mama's like bye baby she just starts crying immediately when he left she walked the floor the whole day god don't you let them hurt my baby god don't let them hurt my baby don't let them hurt my baby she baked his favorite cookies she got the cold milk she's waiting and how many mamas know that day drug on forever ever school bus come she saw it come around she's standing at the driveway that little precious life. This true story, by the way. That little precious life stepped off the school bus, dropped his bag in his box, and he started screaming, running towards his house. He goes, not a one, mama! Not a one! Not a one, mama! Not a one! And she just held him, and she's, oh, baby, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. And he pushed it back. He goes, what? I'm sorry. They didn't give you any. He said, oh, no, mama. They didn't give me none, but I didn't forget a one. I didn't forget one, mama. And his face was just lit up with joy. And when I heard that, I saw myself in my immaturity and weakness. I said, God, can I trade out what I think I have for that? Not a one, mama. Not a one, father. I won't not give grace to a one. I'm so forgiven, God, that I let it go. No hype or fanfare. Are you going to be grace or law? It is time to let it go today. Let them go. Forgive them from your heart. With every eye open, if that's you, I want you to come find a place and kneel at this altar. And we're going to forgive today. From our heart. From our heart. From our heart. We're not working out relationships. We're working out our heart. We ain't got to fix anything but us. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me, not them. 
Forgive me, oh Lord. Forgive me, oh Lord. Cleanse me from my unrighteousness. Forgive me, oh Lord. Forgive me, oh Lord. I'll give them what I have. I got mercy. I got grace applied to my life. Forgive me, oh Lord. I know this is a very sensitive subject and those that came were moved so quickly, but I believe there's others. I just feel like a a tension in my heart. It's time. Let it go. Come on. If that's you, in the name of Jesus, let it go. Who is it? Come on. God, I I, I can't. I can't. I can't, but I'm going to. I turn it over to you, oh Lord. If that's you, come on. Who else here this morning? If you have family or friends here, I want you to just come stand with them, beside them. Do not overpower their prayer. Just say, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Come on. Guy with a guy, girl with a girl. Let it go. Let it go today. Let it go today. Glory to God. I want to be known, Lord, not just by what you forgave me of, but by who I forgave. Glory. Just let it go. Let go of that person's throat and walk away. And leave it to the Lord. Could I have a lady come pray with this lady, please, here in the front? Saints, would you stand with us across this building? Those in the altar, on purpose, I'm going to interrupt you, and I want you just to stand. We're going to bring this to a close. I know I went a little longer today. Now, this is the first of many. Okay, listen. He says, pray for those that have despitefully used you. Just 30 seconds. This is the first one. Pray a 30-second genuine prayer. You don't have to ignore. It would be like this. Lord, give them mercy. Give them grace. Call their name just loud enough for you to hear yourself. I want you to pray for those that have despitefully used you. And bless them. Say, Lord, I just ask you to bless their wife, their babies, their health. I just ask you to bless them, Lord. And feel the freedom flood your soul. (laughs) Oh, they're guilty. I'm just not the judge. I'll be over here under the umbrella. Forgiven. Forgiven. All right, guys, not before we go home. Here's how it works out at home. Next time you think or somebody brings the name up. See, you can't forgive fully like God because you're not as pure as God. 
I heard a preacher say one time, if you don't forget, you didn't forgive them. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. And God's not saying, go run, put yourself in danger. No, 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 no. I got people that I forgave. I don't want nothing to do with them. Nothing. Them mean people. Sheep bite. I don't know. No. I'm good. I hope your life is blessed. And, and if, if God opens up a door and he wants me to minister to him, wonderful. No, I, I'm, I'm not your judge. I'm not your friend either. Now, you might not like this, but Jesus, the Bible said, he did not commit unto them because he knew all people. He had people coming up, Jesus, you're great. He goes, mm-hmm. And he stayed away from them. Forgiveness is not being stupid. It means that I'm not your judge. I'm going to leave you to the Lord. That don't mean you hurry into nothing. But in your quiet time, you call their name and ask the Lord to bless them. I've got six that wished me dead. And I pray for them all the time. That they be healthy and happy and whole. And that their years would be filled with joy. Why? So that I can make that deposit. And when I need it, I can go into heaven's bank and say, Lord, I need. Oh, John is waiting on you. It's mercy and mercy. And they obtain. The merciful do what? They obtain. Oh, my goodness. Well, there are people in this room and some out here. Those in the altar. You came in wicked. And you're going to go out free. Amen. Pastor Scott, come pray over us. And don't forget, after service, our elders will be anointing with oil. There's the mic there, Scott. Those that will need prayer for your body. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for this word today that reaches the hearts of so many. I don't believe that there's a person alive that hasn't had offense, that doesn't need to know the importance and the the weight that forgiveness carries. Father, I ask that, that you would seal this word in our heart and as we go and the enemy immediately reminds us of the offense, that your spirit will remind us of the forgiveness. And Father, that we would leave here knowing that I can't fully forgive and still tell the story of me being offended. God, you cover that all. The before the during and the after. We love you today for you forgiving us and giving us the ability to forgive. Let us remember that being forgiving equals forgiven. We love you and we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we all said, amen. On your way out, would you do me this courtesy? As uh, If you just put on some music for us, Josh in the back. Would y'all fellowship outside as we pray for those here in the sanctuary? Would you do that? Just reverently exit the building today.